This is the Morning Press, a BrainIron.com production. Here's 11 minutes or so of news for today, Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. Former President Donald Trump won the Iowa Republican presidential primary last night, securing just over 50% of the vote and 20 delegates. Ron DeSantis took second place in a close contest just ahead of Nikki Haley, while Vivek Ramaswamy finished a distant fourth and has suspended his campaign and endorsed Trump. Trump won 98 of 99 counties in the state, a thoroughly dominant showing compared to the 37 he won in a second-place finish in 2016. Nikki Haley won the 99th county by a single vote. Asa Hutchinson, who received 191 total votes and finished sixth, officially suspended his campaign on Tuesday. Turnout was down significantly from 2016, with 110,000 or so votes cast, down from nearly 190,000 last time. The next primary contest takes place in New Hampshire on January 23rd. A brief editorial aside. For anyone hoping that someone besides Donald Trump could cobble together the anti-Trump vote into a force capable of eventually denying him the nomination, last night's result is disheartening. It was conceivable that a solidly third-place finish for DeSantis could knock him out of the race, as he appears to have little support in New Hampshire, Nevada, or South Carolina, which are the next three states to vote. His curious position as a solidly pro-Trump, Trump alternative, makes his path to the nomination fairly illegible, with Trump still in the race. But a second-place finish is a win for his campaign, so he's not going anywhere. Haley can say she exceeded expectations in Iowa ahead of what she realistically hopes will be a strong second-place finish in New Hampshire that denies Trump a majority there. But she is highly unlikely to achieve even that in her home state of South Carolina a couple of weeks later. This is an unsurprising and undeniably great result for the Trump campaign, which would prefer both Haley and DeSantis to stay in for as long as possible, keeping the Trump-resistant vote split. It remains the case, as it has since the indictments against him started coming down about a year ago, and the party began coalescing behind him like they hadn't since after January 6, 2021, that barring a dramatic exogenous event that prevents Trump from completing this process, he will be the Republican nominee for president come November. Iowa has changed nothing, expressing a preference that tracks neatly with the current nationally held Republican sentiment. Still, as difficult as it is to see a path for anyone besides Trump to the Republican nomination, the path to victory for Trump in November in the general election is equally uncertain. According to recent polls, among likely voters, Haley leads Biden 53 to 45 percent, DeSantis leads Biden 51 to 48 percent, and Trump is ahead of Biden 50 to 48 percent. That he leads Biden at all is significant, but we're also talking about a former president of the United States who has made it nearly impossible for self-identified Republicans to remain such without supporting him. And still, he only secured just over 50% of the caucus vote in Iowa. He is treating this win as a tremendous victory, but a former Republican president gaining the endorsement of half the Republicans in Iowa is hardly some great coup, especially when you consider that two-thirds of them believe the last election was unlawfully stolen from him. 
Trump is incredibly popular as mascot, but less so as an actual candidate. Biden, his presumed opponent, is a terrible mascot who almost no one likes, except as the only plausible way to keep Trump out of the White House. North Korea's supreme leader, Kim Jong-un, who is believed to have turned 40 last week, has spent much of the first few weeks of 2024 threatening South Korea and the United States, perhaps in an attempt to influence upcoming elections in the two countries, analysts say. Kim, known to drop the occasional flowery insult, as when he called then-President Donald Trump a mentally deranged dotard and a frightened dog in 2017. Around the new year, called South Korea, quote, a hemiplegic malformation and colonial subordinate state whose society is tainted by Yankee culture, end quote, according to the AP. He further said that North Korea would, if provoked by the U.S. or South Korea, quote, deal a deadly blow to thoroughly annihilate them by mobilizing all the toughest means and potentialities without a moment's hesitation, end quote. On Tuesday, North Korean state media announced that it has closed its government's agencies dedicated to diplomatic communication with South Korea. The Associated Press reports that Kim said in a speech to the Supreme People's Assembly that it, quote, has become impossible for the North to pursue reconciliation and a peaceful reunification with the South, end quote. The heightened rhetoric and shuddering of previously semi-open lines of communication comes along with recent weapons tests and the planned launching of more military spy satellites, all of which experts on the country say are designed to have an impact on upcoming legislative elections in the South and the U.S. presidential election in November. The left-leaning Democratic Party of Korea favors cooperation and exchanges with the North in the hopes of eventual reunification, and is seen as more inclined to work with Kim in maintenance of the current status quo. The Democratic Party of Korea currently controls the parliament, but the conservative People Power Party won the presidency in 2022, an anti-communist party that has advocated for the renuclearization of the South and maintains highly antagonistic rhetoric with regards to the North. Somewhat erratic, threatening behavior towards the South and the U.S. will lead to concessions from a second Trump administration, Kim is thought to believe, including a potential for a reduced military presence in the region, less coordination between the South Korean and U.S. militaries, and perhaps even more of the legitimizing diplomacy that Trump engaged in with Kim during his first term. In brief and even more despairing news out of the Middle East, Yemen's Houthi rebels have vowed to continue to strike ships in the Red Sea, including especially U.S. vessels, and struck a U.S.-owned cargo ship on Monday, resulting in damage but no casualties. Iran claims to have destroyed an Israeli Mossad spy headquarters in Iraq's Kurdistan region, prompting Iraq to recall its ambassador in Tehran and raising tensions between the two countries. Hamas first threatened to kill or injure three specific Israeli hostages unless Israeli bombardment of Gaza stopped, and subsequently released video of the dead bodies of two of those hostages, narrated by the injured third. And finally, Israel bombed a Hezbollah encampment and weapons position along its border with Lebanon, in a strike carried out by Israeli special forces and described as, quote, unusually large, end quote.
In Planes Running Into Each Other on the Ground News, on Sunday evening at Chicago's O'Hare Airport, a Japanese airline, all-Nippon Airways Boeing 777 plane, struck the rear of a Delta Boeing 717 aircraft, while the latter was pulling up to its gate after landing. No injuries were reported. In Japan, at Nuchito's Airport in Hokkaido, a Korean Air airplane with 276 passengers aboard collided with an empty plane parked at a gate. Once again, no injuries were reported. These ground collisions of aircraft come two weeks after a Japanese airline plane taxied through a Japanese Coast Guard plane, crossing its landing runway, killing five. A brief editorial aside, flying is, no doubt, still among the safest ways to travel long distances, and when it comes to safety and logistics, I implicitly, and perhaps somewhat racistly, trust the Japanese as much or more than any other country to get the job done safely. But recent events have got even this usually stoic traveler wondering, just what the heck is going on with Japanese planes on the tarmac lately? The federal government has declared that electronic signs designed to communicate messages to motorists on highways must be, quote, simple, direct, brief, legible, and clear, end quote, and have banned any references that are meant to be funny or attempt to make their point in a clever or potentially distracting manner. Holiday-themed warnings about driving star-spangled hammered or hocus-pocus drive with focus for example, will not be allowed starting in 2026, according to new rules from the U.S. Department of Transportation. A brief editorial aside, as someone who has been chastised for attempting to communicate an otherwise dreary and easily ignored pile of information to a captive audience with a little bit of personality and humor, these new DOT rules are not surprising to me at all. And it makes sense. Highway signs should communicate to the widest possible audience as clearly as possible, without being distracting or confusing. This will, in theory, maximize the number of accidents prevented and lives saved, which is, ultimately, what matters most. But it comes at a cost. A cost of some small amount of joy, of a moment of fleeting mirth, of connecting with something recognizably human behind the otherwise officious and bureaucratically inscrutable traffic control device. That's not what the sign is for, will be the response, and that's true enough. But the human capacity to express our own humanity, to connect with one another across time and space in unexpected mediums that jar us out of the dreary moment— is the very thing that has made us the most successful species in the history of the planet. The medium is the message, as they say, and when we see an example of the human touch in a domain that is reliably devoid of the personal, we feel more connected to one another, even or especially when the joke doesn't land, when it is silly and bad and only vaguely directionally funny. I would argue that even someone who doesn't get the joke or can't legibly connect with the reference and who we might be understandably concerned as feeling left out usually ends up feeling just the opposite. I do, anyway. If you've ever seen a video of a group of people laughing and joking about something in a language you don't understand and nevertheless felt a moment of human connection despite having no idea what they're on about, you do too. 
We are connected less by information than we are by something far more fundamental, the simple human ability to recognize one another, to see ourselves, or at least something of ourselves, in the other. As silly as it may sound, a touch of bad humor on a highway overpass sign might actually make it easier to see the people that exist behind the huge edifice of government, a crack in the impenetrable deep state, a wry moment that might stick in your mind the next time you feel like condemning the whole enterprise. So many of our important political and cultural institutions seem on the verge of collapse because the public has increasingly lost faith that they serve our interests at all, because we have lost sight of the fact that we built these institutions in cooperative advancement of a civilizational project that is meant to make life better for all of us. We have decided here and elsewhere, that the legibility of information takes primacy over meaning. But information, no matter how crucial, is not sufficient. We require more than that. Is this a silly and disproportionate reaction to a USDOT rule about highway overpass signs? Sure it is. But in a time of great upheaval and mistrust, the stamping out of a glimpse of the recognizably human should be resisted. Now, here's a look at the weather. I don't want to get all hysterical about things, but 2024 is shaping up to be quite a year, isn't it? That's the weather from here. How's it look out your window? The Morning Press is a production of the BrainIron.com multinational media empire. Please direct comments and complaints to brainironpodcast at gmail.com. For a transcript of today's episode and links to the stories referenced, find The Morning Press at brainiron.substack.com, where, if you would like to support this and the other podcasting and blogging endeavors of the brainiron.com media empire, you can also become a paying subscriber. If you can think of anyone else who might enjoy whatever it is we're up to around here, please consider sharing. Thanks, and barring the sudden onset of the inevitable... We'll talk to you tomorrow. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.